Hey, how are things? This is just a quick message to say thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast so far. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through PayPal. You can find us at paypal.me forward slash clockwork junkie. That's paypal.me forward slash clockwork junkie. Thank you. Hey, how are things? This is Mark here and welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. As always, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Um, If you want to contact the podcast, as always, it's clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support or donate to the podcast, it's paypal.me forward slash clockworkjunkie. Thank you for the messages I got on the blog. I cannot believe it. I'm surprised, but I'm delighted. Um, the website is www.clockworkjunkiepodcast.ie. Very clever name there, I know. Um, this Friday, the effect of this Friday is going to be really, really quick. Next week is International Men's Health Week. I have two guests. One is uh, McLean Burke from Fair City. Uh, he's in the name of the father, Sever Private Ryan, all that stuff. He's coming on to talk about mental health. <clears throat> Brilliant podcast. He's a gentleman. On the Wednesday, my brother's coming on, James McCormack. He's on Instagram at uh, Won't Fit, Get Fit. He lost 155 pounds. These boys know what they're talking about. Please have a listen to those two days. Thank you, Monday, to Deirdre Keena. She is absolutely superwoman. She ran a marathon a couple of days before she went to get brain surgery. I am not joking. Please have a listen to that podcast. And last but not least, this Friday, the podcast is one year old. Happy anniversary to me. Happy anniversary to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. I'm doing a premiere at 8 p.m. I'm going to record it early that day. At 8 o'clock, you can watch it on YouTube. I'm going to be watching as well. So if you leave a comment, I can comment as well and chat to you and all that kind of jazz in real time. Thank you to everyone for the year. It's much appreciated. Nothing but love. My guest on the show today is the fantastic Anthea Turner. Anthea, welcome to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. Mark, thank you for having me on. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Uh, How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. Actually, you're going to tell me, aren't you? Because I'm just like thinking how old you are. You're going to say, oh, I watched you when you did Blue Peter. I am 44 years of age. I can tell you the exact first Uh, time I seen you on TV. I remember like it was yesterday. I can remember. What was it? Let me just remember now and I will tell you. um, Just as everyone knows, I have no questions for Anthea here. So we're just going to shoot the breeze and chat away. Everyone knows everything about her anyway. So let's just have a conversation. It was a show called up to you and there was a motorbike incident your, yes. your hair was really really long you were sitting at the end of a truck there's no point in saying do you remember of course you remember yeah of course i remember what that was, was that? Saturday, it was a saturday morning television a live saturday morning television show in the good old days of saturday morning television yeah. and it was the one where i think it was live and kicking went on and then in the summer when they had a bit of a lie down then up to you came live from manchester and i was sent down to the royal tournament to do a live into the program and it was one of you know it's one of those it was all cartoons and shouting and uh, but great fun and i loved it absolutely loved it and um i got involved in a motorbike accident i was sitting on the back of a truck and um, I had to jump off the truck and chit chat, chit chat, chit chat, and and uh, a, a motorbike would fly through the back of the truck. Uh, but it looked it was an optical illusion. It thought it just looked like a black empty truck. Um, but unfortunately, the queuing system went horribly wrong, and the motorbike was mistakenly queued to jump out of the truck and through this black sugar paper uh, when I was still sitting on the tailgate, and. 
also, which hadn't happened in rehearsals, two pyrotechnics went off either yeah. side. So you can see the actual bang, like you can bang, see. Bang, you see yeah. it. Wow. And I have to say, I, you know, thank you, God. Somebody was looking after me that day because literally if I had have sat a few inches to my left, yeah. the motorbike would have just gone through the back of my head. Yeah. Um, or I remember, if I, I remember seeing that as clear as day. And I remember a couple of years later, Look, I don't know what the show was, but it was some show on one of the channels saying uh, things that happen live on TV. And I've seen it again because I, I, I remember going out and telling people, oh, did you see what happened to that lady on a, on a you know, on TV? No, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. I said, a motorbike nearly blew her up. All this kind of crack. But uh, it was a couple of years later that I actually spotted it. And I said, that's who I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that was my first introduction to you. Um, nearly seeing you be killed live on air. Um, but thanks for the God you're alive anyways. That's the main thing. No. Yeah, exactly but but you know it was it was a good show it was it was it was great to do and and that got me top of the pops and then yeah. we then ended up on blue peter so yeah um, like top of the pops blue peter gmtv lorraine like like you're on you seem to be on tv all the time and like you know especially in the 90s like look, look i don't know look I, I i'm gonna say it because that's my age but i think that was the best time for tv you know it was like um I don't know what it was like for everyone else. We'd one TV, we all sat down, we all watched it, that was it. And it was brilliant. It was just, we'd sit down, watch it and enjoy it. And it was fantastic. And we well, didn't have what, to be- Yeah, what, what we had um, that you don't have now is it, it was, um, it's now a diluted medium. Correct, yes. So we knew when, when you went to school, if you'd watch Blue Peter on the Monday or the Thursday, you went to school on the Tuesday and everybody else had watched the same programme. Mm. And so often, if there was something that you were going to make, or you know, there, there was a make that we'd done, or we'd been on an adventure somewhere, or um, may, maybe we were doing um, uh, something for charity, then everybody would get involved. Yeah. Uh, but now, of course, everybody's done something different, haven't they? You go to school on the Tuesday for kids, yeah. and everybody did something different that night. But it's kind of and, a, and I'm not going to start giving out now, but it's kind of a, everything is instant gratification now, you know? It's like, um, not only do I want it now, I want it yesterday. And, yeah. you know, and it is. And you might say, oh, you're watching all those programs when you were younger because there was nothing else on. But they were good. They were good. Like, it's not, um, like, you, you can get famous now for doing a push-up on a lorry, like, for example, or for... for for anything you don't have to do anything TikTok and whatever else well I think that you know that's the uh the, the new type of fame that yeah. this is the thing for me I suppose fame was a byproduct of a job you did whether yeah. you were a sporting person whether you're an actor actress singer television presenter whatever you were it was just a byproduct of the job yeah but what has changed which i find fascinating as well is that there is you do something to become famous yeah um so and and that's come obviously with reality television which then consequently people who were already famous inverted commas have then entered into that space yeah and when that really, really changed, I was actually very much part of it because it was comic relief. And a guy called Richard Curtis thought it would be a really fun idea to put a whole load of well-known people into the Big Brother house and see what I remember happened. That, yeah. well, that was the first now, reality uh, program, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, up until that time, nobody, th there were reality programs 
and then and obviously the big brother was the big game changer really yeah. because it went across the world but then all of a sudden Comet Relief decided to do this and to be honest and I remember the conversations because I sat in Richard Curtis's kitchen and he was feeding me hobnobs and giving me drinks of coffee because he knew the way to my heart yeah. and if he gave me hobnobs at some point I'd say yes okay I'll do it yeah. but Channel 4 who had Big Brother at the time they didn't really want to do it they weren't too keen on it BBC were a bit suspicious really of bringing Comic Relief into Channel 4 yeah and it was Richard Curtis that pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. They honestly didn't think they'd do very well with it. From Look at it now. The figures went bang. Yeah. They put probably 10 million. We went to 10 million. It was like destination viewing. Yeah. And we, who were supposedly a load of savvy professionals, go into the Big Brother house. And within 20 minutes, we've dropped our guard and completely yeah. forgotten, which we should know better. There are cameras everywhere. Now, back in the day, there, there wasn't a 24-hour webcam. You know, there wasn't cameras in the bathroom and things like that. But it, it was a game changer. Yeah. And then you got, I'm slow to get me out of here. And then blah, blah, blah. Everybody then scurried around. You can imagine all these people looking right. Well, have we got a format we can put celebrities in? Oh, yeah, we've got, let's have this one. Anything. Absolutely. Anything. Let's do everything that works. Everything. Yeah. And even if it yeah. doesn't work, let's do it. But it's strange. Like, you were lucky in a way, I suppose, that the likes of Twitter and Instagram and all that wasn't really around when oh. you came first. <laughs> but I mean... Like, can you imagine, like, I'm 44 now. Can you imagine, you know, me being 18 and getting famous by 19, being, being a millionaire at 20? Like, of course I'm going to have problems. Of course things are going to go wrong because I, I'm definitely not ready for that. Well, the other thing that I was right there um, in the sort of zeitgeist of was the fact that um, people were television presenters, but you weren't, you, you weren't the deal. Nobody was interested necessarily in what you wore or your hair was like or your earrings or who you were going out with. You, you were a television presenter. You were there to present whatever it was, the news or Blue Peter. Um, Valerie Singleton didn't have to go through all this, but I just came at the point where there was, it was Ulrika Johnson, Carol Smiley, myself, Annika Rice. And all of a sudden we became the news that, um, Hello Magazine had arrived, OK Magazine had arrived, so therefore all the newspapers thought we better do our own little magazine. But they still got quite a small pool of people to go and fish for. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I find that very seedy, you know, like very. Yeah. Um, but no, very... but we didn't realize it was happening. You know, I didn't have a PR agent, I had a manager, but even they weren't set up for all of this. Yeah. And so, and so more interviews, more of this. Everybody wanted a little piece of you. And every time you spoke, you realized you gave a little bit of, bit of you away. Yeah, yeah. And it was just fine until it went wrong. Yeah, then you're the worst and in the then, world. I hear oh, that. But th and then nobody knew how to deal with it. Yeah. It's not like, look, the, the, the media and if you like paparazzi, they're kind of like an iron lung. You need them, but you wish you didn't, you know? You're kind of... I <laughs> you know, I it was supposed to be a bit of a deal you know um you know if i've got a television program to to promote or a video or a book then we'll do an interview you know yeah. i give a bit you give a bit and we're all in this together but unfortunately what happened it all of a sudden changed 
and and that that wind changed i think quite badly and 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 remember as well the princess of wales came on the scene this is all going on during this time that you're talking about um you know the 90s when things are changing um the issue Anthea was she was hounded she she was hounded and yeah so she was Look, there was no no one has ever been hounded as much as her, as far as yeah. I can see. One of the huge problems was you were talking about it earlier. There was if you were a show to do, you'd give them a bit and they'd give you a bit. But it's 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 worse now. But definitely in the nineties, you could see they didn't really care about the show. Tell me more about yeah. you. Who are you dating? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you wearing? How Absolutely. do you relax? What Absolutely. are you? And, and you know, it 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 turned out like I remember Emma Watson telling a story about yeah. um, when she was 17, they were, you know, being kind of respectful enough to her. But when she became 18, she went to an 18 birthday party, her 18 birthday party. And when she was getting out of the car, somebody was lying down with a camera to get a picture of her skirt. But like 24 hours before that, that would have been against yeah. the law. Now, where do you start with that? You know, like that's absolutely crazy. Like That's just sick of the highest order, like, you know. Yeah, and and of course, there's that sort of desperation because, you know, they've all got to fill column inches. Yeah. And now it's not just column inches, it's the online. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, w- which of course has brought it all down a lot. So, you, I mean, it's got down through it. You think, oh, there's a load of rubbish on here. Well, it doesn't need it just needs to be first. What is all this? Yeah, it's a headline. Um, yeah. Headline. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clickbait, boom. But but equally so, then, I I don't know, you know, there were so many people who were in, originally in maybe TOWIE or something, and you think, Mm -hmm. what's happened to them? They've now disappeared, and then they've got to pick up their old life with, and it's not a job. Like, I I, I think for anyone that doesn't know, what that, that Twitter thing was, essentially was, it was just the smallest thing in the world. There was somebody who was fit, who kept their body healthy, and they were running. Yeah. And then there was somebody who was um, extremely overweight, sitting on a chair, who had like you know, um, you know, burgers and, chips and, and a Big Mac and chips. A Big Mac, and that it's person was giving out saying, yeah. "Wear a mask because you're making you're killing me. You're making me unwell." Where in actual fact, that person is systematically killing themselves. Yes. But I thought that was a fair point, and I thought that, like, it's this whole PC culture. You can't say anything. No, you can't no. say anything <laughs> to anybody ever. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll be wrong but yeah. I I didn't think it was horribly offensive it's not about disabled people it's about people who actually disable themselves yeah. um, by yeah. overeating because the person clearly couldn't walk because it was somebody it's a cartoon of somebody who is gargantuan because they can't walk because they're obviously eating and then they, for, <laughs> for goodness sake so just eating Big Mac chips and one of those huge drinks yeah. that's it but I have to be honest, I think you have to embrace the future as well. And yeah. I always say, I, I never want to sound like an old trout and say, oh, it was better in my day. You know, some things were, but some things are very exciting about communication. Communication is what's changed our lives. Yeah. And I Absolutely. love Instagram. And I have learned and found out so much by um, Instagram, not so much Twitter, but I do, you look at what's the mood of the nation, what's happening. Mm. Although the only thing I would say now with Twitter is it's become some sort of echo chamber where you're not, you're getting, um, 
the whole they call the cancellation culture it's just an echo chamber it's not bringing something new to the table and and i think it would be a very sad day when people are not allowed to tell the truth or the way yeah. that they feel without being bombarded um and of course it, it happened to me recently i popped into the little twitter pool um i'd started to get a little bit annoyed about outrunning and I don't wear a mask when I'm running because I just don't and I'm not really very close to anybody I'm not causing anybody any harm and then you do get some people who who, who really like their mask and they wear it on their own in the car or they they wear it outside and going put your mask on and and, and I I actually care deeply about people's health just health the health of your mind the health of your body I think a lot of them go in tandem and I hate willful destruction of a good body because there are many of us who are lucky enough I think to be born with a good working body yeah. um, and my sister had spina bifida um, she sadly died when she was a teenager because of complications to do with the spine bifida, but she was born with a body that didn't work. And she would have done anything to have had a body yeah. that worked. So there's a part of me, when I see willful destruction of a body that, yeah. that God's given you and it's good. And then you get the Twitter storm. And then just that day, uh, Piers Morgan entered into it. Um, and so, you know, Piers is obviously about getting his, you know, he likes to see his name up there and he had a little go as well. I don't think he'd actually seen it properly, to be honest, okay. um, because he'd been seen saying the same thing because I was watching GMTV, he'd said the same thing a, a few weeks beforehand. Um, but, you know, none of it matters really because the message is sincere and the message is yeah. real. And then, you know, we have had to all look at um, health COVID has made us look at health, health of the nation, um, and and where there are problems. So, you know, all of us as a nation, we're only as we're only as fit as a nation as the weakest person. Yeah. And so we have to fix that. We have to have a responsibility as well in fixing it. Um, I, and I, I know the government now have and are putting um, some efforts into this. I hope they succeed for, you know, yeah. for the good of many, many people, because for the good know, of everybody, you, really. well, you, you want to, I, I try and keep fit and healthy because, I, because that's the way I like to feel, you know, we, we are on this earth for, for, for not long. And the older you get, the more you realize that, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm of an age now where I can see my mortality and, and I want to be here to see, my you know my stepdaughters have children and I want to be here to be fit and active for as long as I possibly can and I, you know I, I mean who knows what's around the corner one of the things that I talk about about uh, mental health all the time is that yeah. people always seem to think that um you know you have to be doing this or doing that or keeping up with the Joneses you look at TikTok or Twitter or Instagram and everybody seems to be winning everything um yeah, yeah. That's not true. All you can do is do the best you can do that day. Do your best. Yes. Your best. Day, let it be enough. Let it be enough. Don't <laughs> be in a rush. You're, there's no competition with anybody. 
Somebody once told me, and it was just many years ago, way back, I think it was in the 70s or something, and said, aim to do your best and the rest follows. Yeah. Aim to be, doesn't matter if you're making a cake, cleaning the windows, whatever you do, just put your best foot forward, do your best. And actually the rest does follow. Um, and he was, a, he was a chap who, much older than myself, and he washed cars. And he aimed to be the best car washer in Stoke-on-Trent. And he was. And he ended up having a whole load of car washes, hand car washes, mm. um, and doing incredibly well because he yeah. aimed to be the best car washer. Well, that's actual proof then that it works. Yeah. So, yeah. So, question. Why, yeah. in your opinion, that every single time anyone ever mentions this, if they say anything about you, good or bad, they always have to mention your age. Always. Why is that? I think they do it to most women, actually. I, 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 I think it's newspapers and, uh, and glossy magazines. Because to a certain extent, we, we're all interested. I have found myself, maybe it is a girl thing, but um, how old is she? And then what happens is that we paint a picture in our mind of, um, well, in fact, we're always, you know, that this is this is a podcast, so so we're painting pictures. So somebody is listening to this, and they go, Anthea Turner, um, you know, what 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 nationality is she? How old is she? So all of a sudden, then you've got a picture of that person. Yeah. Now, what I found is recently, and of course, I would say this is that if you have a picture of somebody, you have expectations of somebody, a picture of somebody who is in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. But of course, nowadays, that's a little bit skewed, isn't it? Because yeah. we, my mom, when I look back now, was sort of at 40, yeah. she was an older lady. Now, you know, and I think I'm sitting here in my T-shirt and jeans, sitting, chatting to you. There wasn't one thing, and I'm 61, and there, there wasn't one thing in my mother's wardrobe when she was 61. I've seen dead in, and my three girls on a regular basis raid my wardrobe. And that's just a, a fashion thing. But we have become, uh, our, our, our lines are far more blurred now. I think Happy. so, yeah. Like I know that, like, uh, uh, you know, someone that was 50 years of age when I was younger was as old as the hills and had imminent debt coming. Yes. Whereas now, like, I'm 44 now and I think I'm young. Like, I think that it's realistic to hope, and I say hope, it's realistic to hope to live to 90 years of age. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, you know, even people in their 80 can run marathons. They're sprightly, they're they're cognitive, yeah. they, can, they can do quizzes, they can do stuff, so... I mean, like, that's like, it's, it's strange that you say that because that's something that I have said in the past before. Like, I remember my granny when she was 52, like, look like Wurzel Gummidge. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's not the case. It's just not the case. Like, my dad is 67 now, and I don't even think that he looks old at all. But, but do we, we like to label people? We like to pigeonhole people? Yeah. We like to say, and I often hear or read, oh, it's all right for them. When we talk about um, a subject close to your heart, which is, of course, mental health. Oh, it's, it's like Prince Harry or even Meghan. Um, oh, it's, it's all right for them. They've got money. Why does anybody think that money makes it any better? It doesn't. Sometimes it makes it far more complicated. Yeah. 
and oh well it's okay for them and they're famous or oh it's okay for that they can afford anything they want oh, it's i never understand that but we do like pigeonholing we do like putting a label on people whether it's the color of their hair the color of their skin their gender their age we label people and maybe that's just human nature and one thing i've i've grown to understand more is human nature yeah a multi-billionaire would swap every single penny of their cash if they had um, very bad mental health to get well again. So money is, is like, look, I always say like money doesn't buy happiness, but it helps. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just for the, the basic things, if, if like everyone in the world was saying, okay, look, say in Ireland and England, okay, look, here's a house that's yours. Straight like most people in Ireland that are my age are, are worrying about houses. They can't pay their mortgage because the, the pay is so bad. They're under pressure every single day of the week from every single day. And then cars and your 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 uh, insurance and your tax and your TV and your phone and your TV license, everything. It's just constant pressure. And people will say, look, if I won a million euros, I'd be so happy. You would be because yeah. everything would be paid off. It doesn't mean you can't come down with depression. And then if it does, even if you won another 25 million, it's irrelevant. It's, it's a battle from within. It's what's inside somebody, really, that matters, I think, you know. But, but I think most people don't actually want a lot. What they want yeah. is they want, it's, it's happiness and it's security. Correct, yeah. And to have the feeling you don't owe anything to anybody, mm. but also what you don't want to do, and this is, because I presented the National Lottery for many, many years when it first launched and I met many lottery winners and I knew firsthand, no, it didn't buy that happiness because yeah. unfortunately they bought the fancy car and the big house and then couldn't sustain it. And then the big house, everybody went in it, then, then, then uh, the, the family came around and they were dishing out to the family. Then people would start arguing about money because who'd been given what, by whom. And it, th this wealth gave people so many added problems. Yeah. Because it was that, you know? really quickly. Unless you were somebody who had probably done okay and then they won the lottery and then they knew how to deal with it. Yeah. I had a little bit more of a handle on it. Yeah, it's like, I, I read about a guy over in England. Um, it was early on when the lottery started, and yeah. he won seven million pounds. And uh, this was. Oh, a boy, wasn't it? I know you're going to say. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. It, it was like like four years later. There was a documentary, and he was working for on the, the bin lorry, and he was never happy in his life. He said that he bought houses and he bought cars and yeah. he brought his friends over to Vegas and. He had so many friends and girl attention and all this kind of crack. Yeah. And, and then when the money went, everyone, he said, stayed around for a while and then they all start going. And, yeah. and now he's the happiest that he, ever was, that he ever was. And I think I'm a good judge of character. I don't think he was saying that to save face. He no. meant it. He meant yeah. it. You yeah, know, yeah. And that just shows you. Like, like I used to, just to add on what you said there, like I used to, when I was younger, I would have loved to win like 400 million or 200 million. I often see myself in Miami driving a Ferrari and all that. But, <laughs> Now that I'm a grown-ass man, I, uh, I, I'd like a house down by the beach and about 47 Alsatians or German Shepherds. That, that's about it, you know? I do, do you know that something probably, maybe this is in my rose-coloured world, um, but I, I hate waste 
And I think, isn't it sad that we pay our taxes? If, if we didn't waste, you know, if, if we didn't drop litter, if people behave themselves, if we could have a society where everybody could have on the state their own home, if you couldn't afford it yourself, there, there is enough food, there is enough money for everybody to have a life. Yeah. A really good life. Yeah. But unfortunately, we waste. We waste, we waste everything. Much. We waste our, I, 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 I would dare, I, I don't think what the figures actually are, but the waste that goes into our societies. I just yeah. done something recently about litter. And for anybody who drops litter, we are contributing to a billion pounds cleanup. This is not the litter from our bins. This is litter that's just hurled into the streets. This is people just throwing the garden rubbish and going okay, up yeah. the side of the road and bunging it there. And because the council have to clean it up. It's, it's the amount of, you know, good for demonstrations. Please let us have free speech. You know, that has to last. That really does. And I would hate there to be a day where we don't get that. But just take your litter home. Yeah. And, uh, and and don't come with an aerosol can and don't damage things i tell you what I thought because I'm a bit of a clean freak during lockdown I couldn't understand why they weren't having there's nobody around people who are doing whether you are in the street cleaning enforcement where you where you know jet washes wouldn't have that been the most amazing time to have had a flipping big cleanup yeah they weren't doing it. Why weren't councils going, right, okay, we can do this, we can make sure all our workers are safe because everybody can work singularly. Why aren't we having the cleanup of our lives? People feel so much better when they look round and they see something's been painted, the bins have been emptied and, and there's been litter um, cleaned up off the streets. It makes you feel better. It's yeah. like even if you clean out your own garage, if you clean your own drive, you feel slightly you do your spring clean at home, you feel brand new the next day. Look at me, I'm, I'm successful and my house is clean. I know. So wouldn't we? I just think a national cleanup where councils just put some effort into this. I don't want to see an old bag of sand from a road hoarding that's gone months ago and the sandbag's still there or there's still messages. And there's so many messages around, isn't there? This yeah. way, that way. Yeah. Too, too much. There's, there's, like, it, look, it's, it, it's the very same here. It's an absolute mess. We have a lot of, I'm, my, uh, where I live in Athlone Town is by the River Shannon. Yeah. So like, just people always throwing stuff in and trolleys and absolutely. Yeah, how could you do that? No, I'm looking at the Thames now. I live right looking at the Thames and I'm looking at it now. And then when the, the tide goes down, you'll see what people have hurled yeah. into the Thames. It's a lot better than it was. And there's a, a team of guys that I watch most mornings. I go out on my little run. It's a gentle run. It's not a big run, but, and there's this team of guys and they've got a dredger and they're dredging up shopping okay. trolleys and goodness only knows what happens. Yeah. The day they do that. I know that there's, um where I live, there's like fields. So there, there's like, a, there's a town obviously, but there's fields. But like, how can you get a trolley through? Like, like it, it takes so much effort to get it in there in the first place. Like you could have just put it back where you got it, but oh, 
I but you know, all of these things as well, there are people who are out of work. There are people who are on their own, especially when I look at some of these flats and I think there are people up there who are just lonely. And for their mental health to be out, to have a volunteer army to come out, painting things, weeding things, brushing things, uh, it, it, uh, it, because it means people get together people are isolated and they're not and there are gardens to do gardening more allotments where people are able to be real to be away from all their There's a um, couple of things about the um, lockdown that hurt one of them was people dying but the second yeah. one for me personally it was fantastic because there was nobody around I could come and go as I pleased mm -hmm. Um, my last year has been doing podcasts like this. Is, I think this is 110 or 12 or something. I've just been yeah. nonstop working from home. But when I go out, then there, there's nobody around and I love it. But obviously people dying. But then people being isolated really hurts yeah. to think that's happening. There's someone that i seen a thing on, uh, look, I don't know, it could have been Twitter, but where like a woman, she was, she was 95 if she was a day and she was just about to die. And her husband came in and he was older still and he had all the gear on him and he was... And he came over and he said, hello, Agnes, how are you? And she was looking at him and just about to die. And he said, I'm here to see you now. Sorry about wearing all this. And I just went, oh, for fuck's sake. It's just yeah. horrible to see. It's, you know, it's just horrible to see stuff like that. And that's the one thing about the lockdown that yeah. kills me. That people it's weren't left humane. alone. It's inhumane. You think that they're, they're both old. They should be able to say goodbye properly. I think so, yeah. Um, Oh, good, absolutely. And, I, and I, I think that's going that is going to be one of the fallouts that is going to come back and, and haunt a, a, a few organisations um, where people were not allowed to see their loved ones yeah. and say goodbye, because I can't imagine what that's like. Can't imagine it. Mental health fallout was going to be absolutely. absolutely yeah, oh, no, it did. Well, I think they already know that. And they all they knew it. They knew it. Yeah. I, I, it's, it, it, it's, it's a big it's a big echo chamber and a big hole to go into the rights and wrongs of lockdown. Um, but I wouldn't want it to have been in that decision making process. Yeah, that's for sure. Because whatever you did, you were wrong. Yeah, no decision um, you would have made that that you would have made would have made everybody yeah. happy. And that's, that's government. That's politics. That's what they do. Yeah. Poof. It is. Right. Let's lighten the load. We've gone Let's down the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so come here, of all your shows that you've done, genuinely, right? Which which yeah. one is your favorite show? Genuine. Oh, I ask this all the time. You're probably going to say Blue Peter, I'm sure. You know, I, I always say Blue Peter because it's genuinely absolutely mm. loved it because you really did feel that you were making a difference. And, and it was very, <clears throat> I, up until this point, had only done things that actually helped. Yeah. enlightened, changed somebody, brought children in, brought children together, brought schools together. Um, and it wasn't until I got into the uh, more testing world of mm. GMTV, where you realize that you were sometimes putting people down or you were, um, you were being argumentative for argumentative sake. Yeah. You don't really need to be. It wasn't as bad as it is now. It's very different. And obviously um, something like breakfast television has, has gone through um, many, many changes, uh, you know, and obviously the, 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 the peers reign um, was very different to what I think we've all known. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. 
yeah um, I, I watch BBC breakfast myself and because I quite like the opt-out and and I and I, I love you know Dan Walker and I just think I've and Louise and I think I've learned something this morning and I've been enlightened or you know, I understand that's... something a little bit better I don't yeah. want to hear anybody having arguments for argument's sake um, and I think they are true presenters because they are presenting the situation of the day and they let people speak and you have to let people speak and and and, and hear their point of view and I think you do get a lot more out of politicians when you sit down and talk to them try and talk to them as humans because that's you know that they they are and they're trying to make decisions so, and I did notice in fact and I must watch it um Keir Starman has, is on I think Piers has done something on him and that's a convert that's a a program where you people are allowed to talk yeah completely yeah, different there's result. no filter you, you might learn something from it yeah because I, I, I actually genuinely I want to watch television <laughs> two things I want to learn and I want to be entertained and outside of that, I, I, I don't want to know. I've got to the point where I think, no. It kind of brings me to uh, your show as well. Like, obviously, like, Top to Pops is brilliant. GMTV was brilliant. But you don't want them... Um, uh, like, I like shows where people are talking to people, but doing something. And you did uh, Perfect Housewife. Perfect Housewife. And I adored that program. Yeah, that's the type of program that if I had to sit down and watch something, like, okay, look, well, I want people to be talking. I want something to be not working, then I want them to communicate yeah. and have it working at the end or whatever. And I'll tell you why I like that in comparison to some of the programs which are, you know, you've got the programs like Hoarders where you take somebody yeah. who has obviously had other issues yeah. um, because, you know, if you're going to keep every carrier bag you've ever been given and you've got 20 cats and you know you, you you've never thrown anything away i think that's mm -hmm. that that then becomes voyeuristic oh yeah. let's let's look through the curtains at them um because they, they've they've actually got that they need more medical help as yeah. much as anything 100%. else but what we dealt with is we just dealt with people who just got messy houses and mm -hmm. what had happened for a lot of people is that it just got too much for them yeah. it just got too much and they just needed to they mm. needed to stop they needed to have a goal and we gave them that and then they needed to and they needed a bit of help yeah. but outside of the but on the other hand I, I there were there were times i know that especially for women um it it changed their lives it changed their relationships with their children and and with their husband because it was always it was this woman you could see and there was a lovely lady and never forget her, her name was tracy and she worked in tesco's part-time and she had three lovely kids but they were largely ungrateful and thought that she was there to as their unpaid skivvy um her husband worked really really hard but there was no great division there was yeah. a really there, there are you know there's five adults in that at that house and but everything was falling on Tracy's shoulders and after it we sort of had a uh, a reconfiguration of how the house worked so that and everybody appreciated everybody so much more and what they did and what they brought to the table and how they could help um, and it was interesting for these kids to be able to see the mum as I painted her you know 
and I, and I showed them some pictures of her when she was younger and how when she was younger, she never thought she dreamed of having children. She dreamed of having, you know, a husband and, and kids and a lovely home, but she didn't think actually that they were going to treat her so badly. Yeah. I think they felt quite bad about it. And they did change. They started saying, I said, all she wants to hear is, mom, um, I've got an app. What, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm. I think that was a great idea to, to present Tracy yeah. to the kids that way, because it's like, um, yeah. she was a young person too. She's not, she wasn't yeah, always mammy. Yeah. And how often do we forget that? And and I think I did. I definitely did with my mum and dad. I forgot that, you know, they were te ever teenagers, mm. that they were, they'd ever got hopes and dreams and ambitions. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then so often parents put many of those on one side for you. So it is nice. And I know as we get older, then we start to repay them back really, you yeah, know. It's and a I strange really time when you look at your parents and see them as like people adults yeah. like like you are now even at, for me it was yeah. about 25 or maybe 24 and i went okay they're only people like there's like they're they can't solve you know they're like they're just people they're not like you know like it was it was nearly seeing them as friends if that makes any sense you know as, as I, and, and then i think how did you put up with me jesus christ you know? <laughs> that's what i thought that's what I thought. <laughs> Well, my, my dad and I and my mom, more so probably my dad, because he, he got it more than my mom. We laugh about it now. And and I was the eldest. So when you're the eldest, you're the trailblazer. Yeah, I'm so, the eldest as well. So my, my younger sister flew through with no problems whatsoever because my parents obviously practiced on me. Yeah. Um, and worked out, you know, the you know picky battles with a teenager. And of course, but we have... My generation of parents, my mom are still, and dad are still alive there, 88 and 90. And, uh, and then there comes that funny time in your life, isn't it, when all of a sudden you realise that you're looking after them. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's flipped, it's the other way around. But, but as, a, as a, a step-parent myself to my three girls, um, I understand their lives far more than my mum and dad could ever understand my life yeah because they'd been teenagers in the 50s they were teenagers after the war mm. um you know even in very the different place back then it was very different and, and there were rules that they grew up with which you know we we and i think anybody who's in their 60s we were the baby boomers in the 60s we were the trailblazers we were the ones that actually did go out and change the world um and sometimes i think we're not um we're not respected or understood enough for that because the difference in, in uh, you know, I remember when people talk about race, you know, it, you have to be, it, it's a subject you have to be very careful. Um, again, because you, you're always worried about saying the wrong thing. But when you think that I went from a situation where there was only, there was one girl from the Caribbean in the school that was all. And one girl from Pakistan, she's in Stoke-on-Trent. Mm. And we have fought and achieved so much. I know there are still things that are very wrong and there's many, many things that need to be fixed, but we have come a long way. Yeah. We have come such a long way. Education, really, isn't it? My generation, 
made a lot happen. We made a heck of a lot happen. Education, education, education. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we have grown up. And my, my kids who have not a racial bone in their body because, and, and nor should they, and we're mm. not programmed by, by a life beforehand. I'm very strong on that as well, Auntie. I think that, um, like, obviously, if you see a black person or an Asian person or a white person, you know that's their colour. But it's like, to me, and I can't understand why it's not like, like, I mean, I got no better or worse education than anybody else. But like, I can't understand why, um, like, we're all the one. It doesn't matter what colour, what race, doesn't matter what sex, it doesn't matter what religion or no religion. It's absolutely irrelevant. It's just... Just be nice. Try to be nice and, and uh, treat people with respect and kindness. Start from there. Stop, start from there. But also to not turn us into a homogenized society, to actually celebrate our religions and our differences. It's okay to be different. It's okay to disagree. There's no problem. fantastic to be different. Fantastic to to why do we travel we travel and we come back with foods and ingredients and well we, we used to but it, it's all in this country now but i love i love the fact that i spent a lot of time in toronto and and there was a greek quarter there was an indian quarter there were different that there was a polish area you you go where their churches were and their foods were so it's lovely to get everybody to integrate but also to actually celebrate our differences and celebrate and learn i know i live in my cloud cuckoo land of my perfect life my perfect world it's interesting you say toronto i've been to toronto twice i love it i adore my my brother lives there It's, it's the most it, it just seems like um, it's, it's it very, is a melting pot. It's fantastic. Yeah, exactly, and, and you can notice that. And I look, and I've I've never felt so comfortable in a place in my life. It was just there's there's every there's all the colours of the rainbow everywhere, and yeah. they're all mixing, and there's nothing about it. And it just feels, yeah, it just feels so right. Um, my brother's over there for four years. I went over and visited twice. I loved it both times, but both times that's one thing I said to him that I says this is brilliant. It's just brilliant to see that. Um, we're always talking about it. There it yeah. is. It's happening there. Oh, um, look, I'm not saying it's perfect there, but it's it's as good as I've ever seen. It is, uh, and and you can't believe that they're so close to America, and yet America has got so much wrong. Yeah, it's educational. Uh, well, the worst thing you can say to a Canadian is if you don't. I can pick the accent up now, but the worst thing you can ever say to a Canadian is you're American. Yeah, hate <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but but Toronto, I, I was there, I, I worked there for three years commuting and um, when it was a Canada day and everybody was out in one of the big parks there and you just saw everybody, sit, every food you could, you could want was represented there, every creed and colour was represented there, we were dancing. Obviously, you have lovely summers there where everybody is outside. Um, and, and, and I just thought that this actually is utopia. This is how it should be. This is how it should be everywhere. Um, and, and they are, you know, I, obviously there are the indigenous people, but they are, they are an immigrant country. Yeah. And, and if you say to, uh, when I would chat as a, a friend of mine, a chef I was working with, Corbin, and I would, and if so anybody said, 
you know, where do you come from? He would immediately say, he's third generation, but he'd immediately say, I'm Polish, I'm Canadian, but I come from Poland. Mm -hmm. And I go, have we never been, have you ever been to Poland? He went, no. So he, you're Canadian. <laughs> no, but I come from Poland. Okay. Yeah. Very, but I love that pride, that absolute mm. pride where you come from. Yeah, I used to have huge pride in Ireland years ago, you know, even back in 88 or Italia 90 with the football and the World Cups and it was always Ireland this and Ireland that and then we got the Celtic Tiger and I don't know, sometimes I, I, I just think as a country we've lost ourselves with the pride thing, you know, I think we're just, uh, it just doesn't, there's something missing and I, I don't know what it is, I can't put my finger on it but but isn't it a shame what you know we we have and as, and especially with the, with you know the the british national anthem where, where we're supposed to oh my god no you don't talk about that. no i don't know the words i'm not standing up you know, stand up sing the national anthem it's our country this is our flag i'm proud of it <laughs> and i am really lucky i've traveled the world and i i still think you know people complain about this country we have got so much here, mm. you know, this between Ireland, Great Britain, we have, and I don't think we realize it's half the time. We spend all our time complaining about everything that's wrong. And I know that's about, that's being human. And we like to have a little bit of a moan and a whinge and we have as well today, but come on. We did, it with, we did it with a good heart, though. We didn't really mean it. We you know? do, we do. You know, we've got so yeah, much rights, you know. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love the UK. I've been, like, like, especially England, London, Newcastle, Manchester. Yeah. Always had a good time. But yeah, the question yeah. there was asking, does anybody in the UK know the second verse of the National Anthem? I'd love to know. Because <laughs> you're <laughs> feeling... <laughs> 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 you know, I did it at school because we had to sing it. Yeah, I've got my mind to it. I can probably piece it all together. Yeah, well, look, singing along I'm there. On I'm that note, me. I want to let you. I actually kept you longer than I was supposed to. I didn't want to keep you too long because you're busy. So um, I'm going to I'll tell you where I'm going to tonight. It's a, yes. it's a lovely, lovely summer's night, and I'm going to the cinema for the first time since uh, I'm just trying to think now. January uh, lockdown. Well, we locked down on the 23rd of March, didn't we? And I'd probably yeah. been to the cinema, let's say maybe the beginning of that March. Okay. Um, and so, uh, what yes. do you want to see? Over a year, going to see The Father. What's that? Uh, Anthony Hopkins oh. in The Father. Yes. I love him. So I, I interviewed him once and wow. I was in awe of that yeah. man. And I had a lovely interview with him and he sent a letter to say, to thank me very much for listening to the interview. I wasn't oh looking for any tagline. I just wanted to talk to him yeah. and listen. Um, I love him I and Robert De Niro. They're my two yes. favorites. I just think I, I'd watch them doing anything ever. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah, I haven't been to the cinema either. It's, it's one of my favorite things ever to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then well, I do as well. And I know you can sit watching things at home and it's not the same. Go to the cinema. So yeah. I'm going to take this. We're going. I'm going to walk. I might go. We might go on our bikes actually. Um, if walk half an hour. Bike probably about ten, maybe ten, fifteen minutes yeah. or something. Ten minutes. Um, isn't this terrible? I'm now worrying about where I'm going to park my bike because I don't want it to get nicked. 
Yeah, you can cycle, you can burn off the popcorn when you, when you get there. I'm going to go and cycle and I'm going to have, and this cinema do little cocktails in, in, in glass mm. bottles. I'm going to have a Negroni. <laughs> I've already worked it out. I'm so excited. I'm going to have popcorn and Negroni. And I booked the front row. It's a small cinema, one of these little ones, because there's lots of little cinemas around now. And I've booked two seats right on the front row where you get a footstool. And I'm going to sit there like that with my arms folded with my Negroni there. Whoa. Popcorn. Sounds like heaven. And I am so excited. <laughs> you, you, you even look excited. <laughs> but isn't that lovely that we're now, you savoring those things when things are being yeah. taken away from you. We're you will now, appreciate them. I can't wait to get back doing stuff. Appreciation of sitting yeah. in a cinema is way up there now. Yeah, I am. Um, it's, it's, it's one of my favourite things in the world. I can't wait to get to go again. It's different than Ireland. We're a bit behind you in terms of like opening up and doing stuff. And yeah, I just can't wait until everything opens up and even to go for a drink, not 10 drinks, three no. or four drinks and watch a football game with my friends and talk and, and go home. That's all I want. Easy. Well, this is, I mean, I'm in Chelsea and this place was electric at the weekend. Well, the Champions League final, yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness me. Yeah. There was every sparkler going and every... <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to Chelsea. Well done. Brilliant. 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 I, I watched that as well. It was a fantastic game. They probably shouldn't have won because they, they, they weren't as good, supposedly, but they were every bit as good as they won the night. And that's all that counts. Really? Good that's all that counts. It's right. been a pleasure. Thank you very Thank you much, so much for inviting me. And we'll, we'll have a little chat again sometime. Give okay. it. Cheers. Yeah. When you, when you got bored. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> guys. I'm going to see you. All, all the right, best, guys. Chat on Friday. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you.